Good day and welcome to the Amy Egan podcast for December 30th, 2023, the last podcast for 2023. Happy Happy New Year, Coach Egan. Happy New Year. Exciting well, time. do this every we do this once a week and we're going to do this all year long, I think, just to get a feel for what it looks like inside of Lindenwood University Women's Basketball. And Amy, did all the players get home and back to campus safely? Yeah, so we were up in uh, Minnesota playing at the University of Minnesota, and uh, we all kind of flew. A lot of us flew back here, and then uh, the ones that could drive drove home, but a lot of them flew to their hometowns from Minnesota. Uh, And uh, I think we only had one kid that her flight got delayed um, and canceled, but her parents were there, so they spent the evening together and had kind of a special evening Uh together. But other than that, I think everybody made it home, and... Um, they had four days at home and then came back on the 26th and we were back to work. Excellent. And you know, I, I watched the, the Minnesota-Iowa game yesterday and it continues, you and I have talked about this before, it continues to fascinate me, the skill levels, not only the individual skill mm-hmm. levels, the team skill levels. And we see that all across the board. I, it just fascinates me, Amy. Yeah, it's just getting better and better. You know, I was sitting there just watching even the Minnesota women, you know, warm up and that and um, it's just amazing, you know, that they, they just, they don't miss, they just don't miss, you know, and, uh, the skill level of what they were working on and doing is, um, it's fun to watch. Uh, and I, I do think that's a big reason the, the women's game is growing is because the skill, skill level is growing and, um, it's becoming a lot more fun to watch. And, and you said the, the young ladies had four days off. I'm, I'm guessing mm-hmm. they didn't do a lot of wind sprints on their own. <laughs> Probably not. They probably took some time off. Um, You know, I think uh, our uh, strength and conditioning coach may have given them a a few things to do if they could find a gym and and uh, get in. But, uh, you know, with four days, I wasn't too worried about them losing conditioning or, uh, you know, losing strength, that kind of stuff. And I did really want them to enjoy some time with family and friends. So uh, we didn't really talk about it. Um, And they came back and and we've been fine this week. So back after it and uh, had some really good practices and, you know, a few days that we could just really work on ourselves again. uh, And then a few days to prepare for Southern Indiana. And we've had a few of the players on in previous podcasts and each Mm -hmm. one mentioned their family and they were eager to get back to see their family. And that's, that's kind of touching to know that's kind of the kind of players you have on your team that family is so important to them. Yeah. You know, one of, one of our uh, pillars is family. Um, And, you know, I tell all recruits when they come on visits and when they come on campus that, you know, family is a priority and they become a big part of who we are, uh, even though they're not here every day as parents or guardians or whatever that is, but uh, they do become a, a big part of who we are. And, Um, You know, a lot of that is they're trusting uh, us with their daughters and to grow them uh, as people and as students and and as athletes and to take care of them. So they it naturally becomes, a, I think, a a bond and a relationship. And, you know, our kids, they know that, you know, that's a value that we have and we hope that's a value that they have. And I would say that's very true for for our team. Okay, so 10 games in. What are the biggest takeaways from you? Uh, both at Lindenwood University and as a as a new D1 head coach. Yeah, well, there's a lot. I mean, I think, um, you know, we're growing every day as a program, um, and that's not just on the floor, that's off the floor. 
Um, and I think that's the biggest thing. And the, and the most important thing is that we just continue to do those things, um, especially through some hard times that we've had here in the non-conference schedule. And I think our kids um, have done such a great job of, of continuing to want that, continuing to make that happen and, and continue to get in the gym and be engaged and, and be invested. And I, I think that says a lot, like I've said about them as their, with their character and, and so forth. And I really do believe the best is still yet to come for, for this group and, and obviously for our program going forward. Um, you know, I think uh, for us, um, you know, I, I would say big takeaways, just, um, you know, we, we still have a lot of growth in us. Um, I think um, you've, we've seen a lot of inconsistency um, I think we're getting more consistent, um, but I think we've seen a lot of inconsistency. Um, you know, youth, we, we used as, um, yeah, we had, you know, nine freshmen, the most freshmen in the country uh, of any other Division One school in our program. But in all reality, you know, these kids now have played, these freshmen have probably played a, a more minutes than some sophomores. So um, you're heading into the second part of season. That's not an excuse. And so um, they understand that and they know that and they've gotten some really good experience. Um, but I think, you know, when you when you look at uh, where we're headed and what we're doing, I, I think it's definitely in the right direction. And I think that's a really good takeaway. Um, we had a really tough non-conference uh, and we're ready to get after it in the OVC. I think a really tough non-conference is a gross understatement. It was it was some big some big players. Big yeah. Teams. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, we we uh, when we knew that going in um, and, you know, we had. Um, some really good conversations with our kids about it um, and they knew it as well. And, um, you know, every day for us, it's a process and it's a process to, to get better for uh, what's to come the next day, you know, and it's not just for a game, you know, basketball is a long season and it's definitely not, um, you know, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And so it, I, I've said it over and over, we want to be playing our best basketball in February and, um, you know, we're getting closer to that. We're, we're not there yet. Um, and we, we have a lot of things that we worked on this week with, like rebounding that we're really struggling with and free throws that we're really struggling with. If we can just get a little bit better at those two things and continue to do what we're doing, um, I think it can help take us to that next step and that next level. Cool. Last time we chatted, we talked about the holiday basketball scene. So I presume you've been watching lots of basketball games, going to lots of basketball games the last couple <laughs> of weeks. What kind of talent are you finding in the whole St. Louis region and beyond? Yeah. Um, you know, we've been to Viz Tournament and uh, we went up to the State Farm Classic and uh, some area high schools. And, um, you know, I, I think there's some really great talent in St. Louis. And I think we're doing a good job of, of getting in on some of those mixes and um, really starting to pursue a lot of kids uh, within uh, the St. Louis area and finding new kids within the St. Louis area, especially some young kids and adding them to our recruiting list. So um, I think we're doing a really, really good job with that. Uh, we're not there yet. Uh, with everything, we got to continue to build those relationships with with coaches and AU coaches and, and kids and parents. But um, I do feel good about what we're doing there. And uh, I have such a great staff that's so good with people that that uh, really helps with that as well. But um, I would say there's definitely a lot of talent um, and, uh, you know, it's fun to watch. And um, I think, you know, the more we can get out and the more we can have the chance to evaluate, because I think it's important to evaluate kids more than just once, you know, um, yeah. you want to say, see them play different talent. You want to see them play different levels. You want to see how they handle hard. You want to see how they handle easy. Like you want to see a lot of different situations. So the more we can get out, the better feel we have for them and how they fit into, um, not just our system, but also our, our program and our culture. And I went out and I know the OVC, the OVC season starts today at Lindenwood. 
And I, I went out and looked at the records. We talked about this a few weeks ago. I think all of the OVC teams, when I checked a few days back, except Western Illinois, had what we'll call struggling records mm-hmm. in the non-conference season. So I'm guessing most OVC teams had a similar kind of schedule, one that challenges them. Is that what you saw? Yeah, I would definitely say that. You know, I think um, a lot of them were playing Power 5 schools for some money games uh, and uh, doing some things to help, you know, offset some budgets and that kind of stuff in those areas uh, early on. So I think that's a, a big part of it. I mean, I think, you know, I would we play three Power 5s? Um, I think uh, Little Rock might have played four or five, um, and we know how good they are and, and how good defensively they are. So um, it's, I think, you know, it's hard to tell early on where everyone sits. I think, you know, once we get going and rolling with conference and um, you, you kind of see how conference goes, that'll give you a much better idea just because everybody plays such a different and a tough schedule in the non-conference season. So I'm guessing Southern Indiana is outside your window doing their shoot around about now. Um, I went, I went out and, uh, I went out and did look at some of the stats and yep. Southern Indiana has two, almost three players averaging double-digit points in the first part of the year. And they come yeah. in with a 500 record of 5-5. Five and five. What do you expect to see from them? Uh, they're very good. They're very talented. They're, uh, they're a veteran group. You know, I went back, you know, two years ago, they were in the GLBC, and we played them while I was at Drury. So I went back and watched that film. And, you know, all the kids that are playing now that are seniors and juniors were freshmen and sophomores then. And so, um, you know, I could see just from watching that game to watching them now, just their growth and the amount of growth that growth that they've had. But they're definitely veteran. I think um, they play really, really hard. They play really, really well together. Um, they're very selfless um, and, and just a really good squad. You know, they, they do a lot of high-low uh, type stuff. Um, they usually play two post players together, which is kind of uncommon uh, in the uh, game of basketball these days. Uh, so it's a different type of uh, preparation that you have to have because you have to understand how to defend those things and um, again, they're talented. Their post players are really talented and they have a lot of guards that are talented. So we're going to definitely have to execute the game plan that we have today. Um, and we're going to have to not just play hard, but we're going to have to compete. You know, we're going to have to make some things happen for us defensively, uh, turn them over some, and we're going to have to get some stuff out of our press. And then, you know, they, they press as well. So we're going to have to take care of the ball on the other side, being a young group. And then I, 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 you talk about the nine freshmen on the team. I, I noticed when I was looking at the, uh, the OVC stats that freshman Ellie Brueggemann is in the top echelon of OVC scores. What's her upside over the next three years, and what does she yeah. need to do to get better? Oh, well, I would say, you know, Ellie's not even close to um, where she's going to take her game and what she's going to do in our program. And, you know, I, I, two things I would definitely contribute that to is, number one, her selflessness. Um, and she doesn't care. I mean, she doesn't care if she scores, you know, she, she, she wants to do whatever she can to help our team win and, um, to put us in a position to win. And, um, you, you know that because she's one of our better defensive kids. Um, she play, she doesn't make a lot of defensive mistakes. She plays hard. She, she rebounds. Um, and so I think her selflessness and her willingness to do whatever it looks like on that night, uh, to help us win is, is definitely there. Uh, you know, she's seen a few games. She's seen a lot of face guarding uh, and probably hasn't scored as much as uh, she's capable of scoring because of that, because we haven't gotten to a lot of that in our program with what to do and how to handle it and, and different, you know, plays and quick hitters. We just, we just haven't. Um, but she's handled it so well because she's continued to play on the other end. And then I would say that, you know, the, the second thing is just her work ethic. I mean, you know, I was sitting in here the other day at it was like five o'clock or five thirty, and I was getting ready to wrap stuff up. 
and I heard a ball bouncing and uh, I looked out on the court and Ellie was out there shooting by herself, you know, and getting shots up and working on her game. And um, we haven't had a chance to, to even work with her yet, really. You know, we've done some shooting, and but we haven't really had a chance to dive into uh, where we're going to take her game, what she needs to, to work on, what we want her to get better at. Um, and a lot of that, again, is because of a new program with us wanting to get, um, you know, last summer some offensive and defensive stuff in our system in and then uh, just so much that we're having to do this year uh, offensively and defensively. So I think it's going to be pretty, um, pretty special for her once we have an, an opportunity to work with her and really work on growing her game and, and what that's going to look like in the OVC. And then finally, probably the most important question of the week, Michigan or Alabama, Texas. Or Washington. Well, I'm a Mizzou fan, so I think Mizzou should be up in those games. <laughs> um, it, was, it was a fascinating game the other night with Missouri and Ohio State. Just fascinating yeah. in that fourth quarter. Well, you know that the uh, Schrader kid went to Truman State, and that's yep. where I played. So um have a little special interest in him and what he's done. And pretty special kid, obviously, and everything that you've seen on and off the floor for that program. Um, but um, I would say, you know, I, I kind of went back and forth. I kind of think Alabama is going to beat Michigan. Um, I really do. And, and uh, I kind of heard maybe they stole their offensive or defensive coordinator or someone from, from the Michigan staff. So they might have all the calls. I don't know. We'll see. I'm not sure they need it. But uh, I'm going to go with Alabama to win it all. We have come to the end of this podcast episode with Lindenwood University head women's basketball coach, Amy Egan. I encourage you to share the podcast link with friends and families and neighbors. And if you have any questions or comments for Coach Egan for future podcasts, email them to gstocker, that's G-S-T-O-C-K-E-R, at lindenwood.edu.